Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the SteelCurtain.com, and it is a victory Monday. That's right. The Pittsburgh Steelers were winners on Sunday at 1 o'clock in Orchard Park, New York. They beat the Buffalo Bills 23 to 16. 23 to 16. After not scoring a single flipping point in the first half, they stormed back. And it took all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. But the Steelers get the job done. And they are 1-0 and to start this 2021 regular season. I'm excited. You all should be excited. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think I was the only person on our staff. And yeah, I'm in charge of the staff picks article, which runs every game day. I believe I was the only person on our staff that actually predicted the Steelers to win. I predicted a 27 to 24 victory. It did not turn out that way, but I was the only one that got this pick correct. I said, take the Steelers on the money line, take them getting six and a half points. I thought that even if they would have lost that game, it would have been close. And I am proven right. 
So to all you haters out there, suck on that. If you're a kid listening to it, earmuffs. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Before we get started, before we get too into the thick of things, because there are a lot of things I want to talk about before I get to my winners and losers, I want to remind you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure that you're checking this site early and often. We are going to have so much content for you out there. It's going to be, at times, feel like it's tough to keep up with. But trust me, you're going to want to keep up with it. So make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, one-stop shop for all things Steelers, as well as our podcast platform, which is absolutely exploding. It is so exciting. I said this on Twitter before the game started on Sunday. I said, I'm so thankful as the guy that's kind of like the over overseer of everything behind the steel curtain, podcast platform, editorial platform, etc. I'm so thankful for the team that we have assembled here. It's tremendous. And the, the podcasters, the writers, everyone, I want to take the time today to thank everyone whether it's Dave Schofield, my the right-hand man, the editor, uh, deputy editor Michael Beck, the podcast producer Brian Anthony Davis, even those that are just writers or just podcasters, I want to thank you. Because we would be we would be nothing, though, without you, the listener. So wherever you get your podcasts, check us out. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do on that specific platform so that you don't miss a thing. My goodness, you're not going to want to miss a thing. All right, let's get this show started. You know, I normally have a lot of show notes. I normally have a lot of show notes, and I kind of go through them. It keeps me organized. Not today. No, 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 not today. Jeff has a lot of stuff to get off his chest. And yes, you might be sitting there wondering, okay, we're going to have winners and losers. And we are going to have winners and losers. Nine winners, three losers to be exact. But today, I want to get some stuff off my chest first. So bear with me. I want to start off with the Buffalo Bills fans. Bills Mafia, as they call themselves, or as I call them, the idiots who throw themselves through chairs and tables and all this other flaming stuff. It's it's idiotic. Nonetheless, the Bills fans were so cocky, so arrogant coming into this game. I said this on the Steelers preview, and I'll say it here as well. I typically, leading up to a game, you know, SB Nation, which we are a part of it behind the steel curtain, we are the Steelers uh, SB Nation website. They have 32 NFL team sites for SB Nation. And so Buffalo Rumblings is the Buffalo Bills equivalent of BTSC. So it's pretty common for a contributor, or in my case, an editor, to reach out and say, hey, would you mind answering some questions for me? I want to run an article. It kind of gives us some insight. Everyone does it different. And this individual, I believe his name was Corey for Buffalo Rumblings, asked me five questions, and I answered them as honest as I can. I was not glowing of the Pittsburgh Steelers or anything of that nature. There was no score prediction, so it wasn't anything like that. But typically, I will go over to the visiting website and I want to read the comments on the article I want to kind of get a feel for the fan base the only team that did this in the preseason was Philadelphia I know Brandon Lee Gowton personally he's a great guy did the questions with him the Philly fans are Philly fans they're crazy the Buffalo fans oh my goodness you would have thought that just by showing up to the game like just by putting on your uniform just by putting on the helmet just give them a win just give them a win and I didn't even say anything that was that crazy as it pertains to a prediction or what I think is going to happen in the game. None of that even happened. I was literally floored by how arrogant the Buffalo Bills fans were. On Twitter, same thing. Oh, here we go, 1-0. You know, the Bills finished 13-3 and last year, high-powered offense, averaged over 30 points per game last year, and guess what happens? 
The Steelers go into your house and they find a way to win. And I'm not about to sit here and tell you because you probably watched the game. And if you didn't watch the game, it was not as if the Steelers lambasted the Bills up and down the field, just smacked them around. That's not how it went down. It was an ugly game at times. It was definitely a week one type of game, meaning it was not well executed by either team. But the Steelers found a way to win. So, The one thing that I want to pull away from this has nothing to do with the Bills fans, although they're annoying. What I want to pull away from this is that Steelers fans should be able to rest easy knowing that if their defense plays like this for 17 games, if they can stay healthy, we're talking the key members of this defense, if they can stay healthy for 17 games, they will be in every single game they play. Any game. Never count out the Steelers with this defense. They're that good. They are elite. Not Joe Flacco is elite, elite. They are top-notch, top upper echelon elite. And they'll be in every single game. Think about how horrible the Steelers' offense was in the first half. Just think about it. 54 total yards in the first half offensively. What kept the Steelers in the game? Their defense. What provided the spark that the Steelers needed on more than one occasion the defense with those fourth down stops, things like that. So rest easy knowing that. But the last thing I want to talk about before we get to winners and losers is, my gosh, Steeler fans, if you are listening to this podcast and you consider yourself part of my ride-or-die crew, and my ride-or-die crew rules are simple. You have to listen to all my shows, which are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and on top of that, you have to bleed black and gold. Pittsburgh Steelers, black and gold. That's those are the only criteria to be a part of my ride or die crew. Now, I don't, I don't expect my ride or die crew to agree with everything that I say. That would be boring. I don't want to live in a world like that where we all agree on everything. That's boring. But what I do hope is that when you listen to some things that I say, you can take it, digest it, and learn something, or if not learn something, maybe that's not the best word. Maybe it's to at least kind of say, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. What am I talking about? In the first half of this game, I just mentioned 54 total offensive yards. The Steelers are down 10 to nothing at halftime. They're about to get the football back to start the third quarter because they deferred the opening coin toss. And my mentions are just going off about Steeler fans saying, this team's awful, this team's lousy, this team stinks, they're not going to win any games, blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on. And all I keep saying is... I told you people that this was going to be ugly at times. I said, be prepared for a bumpy road. I used the analogy of an airplane flight that has turbulence. You might still get where you want to go, but it might be a bumpy ride. That was week one in Buffalo. If we're using that plane analogy still, holy cow, takeoff was not pretty. Midway point, still not good, but you know what? They got through the turbulence, they landed that sucker, and we got to where we wanted to go, and that's a win. It's not always going to end that way. The The end result is not necessarily one week. It's not one game. It's going to be the season. It's going to be the playoffs. It's going to be a playoff run. It might be a Super Bowl. Goodness gracious, I don't even want to get that far down the road, but you get what I'm saying. Everyone with a brain in between their ears should know that what what all did you expect? If you're someone that was watching this game in the first half and you were utterly disgusted, what did you expect? 
Did you expect the Detroit Lions third preseason game? Because let's not forget the Lions were playing their subs, Steelers were playing their starters, and that's what it looked like. Is that what you expected for them to come out against the Buffalo Bills, who were a 13-3 and team last year in their house, first time with fans since 2019? You can say what you want about Bills Mafia. I know I just did, but they are a rabid fan base. They are a rabid, loyal fan base. They're going to be there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be proud to wear their blue, black, whatever colors, red, white, and blue. I think that's probably the order they say it in. But what did you expect? It wasn't going to be easy, and it wasn't going to be pretty, but they got the win. So next time they play, week two, Las Vegas Raiders come to Heinz Field, you need to adjust your expectations. You can expect a win, But don't expect perfection because it's not going to happen, not with this team early in the season, not with this offensive line. If after week three, Zach Banner returns, and all of a sudden they have some flexibility on the offensive line, that might change things a little bit. But until then, that offensive line is going to have some growing pains. They're going to struggle. The defense is still going to have to keep them in games. This is, or let me not is, because that would be really hasty on my part. This should be a general understanding amongst the fan base, yet some are not on the same page. We'll just put it that way. All right, enough of my rants. Let's get to the winners and losers. Like I said, nine winners and three losers. I'm going to go through probably three or four winners. We're going to take a break. We're going to finish it up in the second half, okay? Let's start off. You might be thinking, I know where Jeff's going to start off. He's going to start off with Mr. Trent Jordan Watt. That's TJ Watt. Now, I'm going to get to TJ Watt, but I wanted to start with someone else, Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton topped my winners list, and this what this is, I don't rank the winners in case you've ever read my article. I don't rank the winners. I literally just think to myself after the game, who stood out to me as a winner? Cam Sutton stood out to me as a winner. Yes, I understand he gave up the touchdown pass, the lone touchdown pass to uh, from Josh Allen to Gabriel Davis, I believe. I could have gotten the name wrong. Anyways, Cam Sutton, though, also had provided some really – Big plays for the Steelers, none larger than the fourth down, fourth and one. He stayed on his keys, read the play perfectly, goes in, gets a defensive stop, turnover on downs, and that was the turning point, in my opinion, where, at least for me, I was sitting there thinking, wow, this game could really flip at this point. The Steelers had all the momentum, and Cam Sutton played great. I thought he had a great defensive breakup, pass breakup earlier in the game. I think the pass was intended for Stephon Diggs. He is showing the Steelers, and kudos to the Steelers coaching staff for utilizing him in a way that can maximize his impact on the game. We'll put it that way. And that's something that Jeffrey Benedict has highlighted to us in the Slack channel that the Steelers essentially, uh, they use Trey Norwood. We'll get to Trey Norwood here in a second as the nickelback. And then when they went to the dime, they brought Pierre in on the outside. They put Nor- kept Norwood in the slot, and they moved Cam Sutton into his usual dime roll. His versatility is meant to be utilized, and that's what the Steelers are doing. So Cam Sutton's on the winner's list. Next is Mr. Trent Jordan Watt, TJ Watt, his stat line. I forgot Cam Sutton's stat line, stat line, by the way. Let me go back. Five tackles, five solo tackles, two pass defenses, and two tackles for loss. So good day for Cam Sutton. TJ Watt's stat line, three tackles, three solo, two sacks, one tackle for loss, and five quarterback hits. If there was ever a player 
that as you're sitting there and you're watching the game and you're thinking, wow, how is this guy going to play? Like, what's he going to look like? We haven't seen him in the preseason. We haven't seen him in team drills. So people that went to training camp practices at Heinz Field, they didn't get to see TJ Watt. They didn't see him, you know, busting up Najee Harris in the backfield and tackling on a live 11-on-11 drill. He didn't participate. Is he going to be rusty? How's his conditioning going to be? Uh, he's okay. We'll put it that way. A okay. Two sacks for Watt. Um, my gosh, he harassed Josh Allen all game. He wasn't alone, but ultimately, man, he was getting held a ton. And they did call several holding penalties against Buffalo. But let me just say this: not enough. But T.J. Watt, boy, catalyst. He said he was fresh uh, after the game when he spoke with me. He said he felt fresh. Um, ultimately, though, T.J. Watt definitely a winner. Another winner, surprise, surprise, another defensive player, Cam Hayward. Listen to this stat line. That feels like it goes on forever. Four tackles, two solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, two pass defenses, and one quarterback hit. Cam Hayward was everywhere, and boy, was he just kind of, they kind of took the reins off him and said, Cam, go make a play. And I hope that Jeffrey Benedict does a film room on Cam Hayward this week, and you will see just how destructive he was on the interior of that Buffalo offensive line. And it allowed players like T.J. Watt to go and make plays in the backfield. That's something that Dave Schofield said in our postgame podcast, and I really want to highlight it. He said that's why team sacks are so important to him, not individual sacks, based on the fact that even though Cam did have a sack himself, his play equated to T.J. Watt's two sacks. And T.J. Watt will be the first person to tell you that he can't do it on his own sure there are plays where he beats his guy clean he gets there first clean it up I did it all on my own but sometimes most of the time you need help Cam Hayward was as disruptive as they come and he deserves to be on the winner's list let's go through one more before we take our first break Trey Norwood Trey Norwood Six tackles, five solo. That's his stat line. I think he probably should get a pass breakup in there as well. He was the one that deflected the pass. I think it hit his helmet. Uh, That was intended for Emmanuel Sanders in the red zone in the third quarter, I believe. But still, I want to talk about Trey Norman in a different way. I already talked about his versatility. I mean, my, my goodness, Danny Smith is a special teams coordinator. Keith Butler, they have all talked about how smart this player is. And he reminds me of young Cam Sutton. I want to talk about how this guy is a seventh-round draft pick. I mean, a seventh-round pick. The Steelers have rookies all throughout their lineup. Trey Norwood is a seventh-round draft pick. He and Presley Harvin both taken in the seventh round. Trey Norwood from Oklahoma first, and then Presley Harvin, Georgia Tech second in the seventh round. They're two seventh-round picks. Think about that for a second. You're talking about Trey Norwood, a, a, a player that most people just kind of said, well, If he makes a team, he'll be a special teams guy, but otherwise you shouldn't expect much from him. He started this game essentially as the nickel slot cornerback. That is tremendous. That, honestly, now that I'm thinking about this, should be that Kevin Colbert should be on the winner's list, but no, Trey Norwood is. Kudos to him. I hope he continues to get better. I hope the Steelers continue to find a way to utilize him in the defense. Extremely smart player, high football IQ. He's only going to get better keep that in mind. All right, folks, I'm going to take a quick break. I need to catch my breath. I'll be back. We're going to finish up this winners and losers list in the second half. Stay tuned.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. We've already gone through several winners. I want to break those down in case you forgot who I had on my winners list. I had Cam Sutton, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Trey Norwood. That's only four. There's five more winners left. I got a little creative with some of them. And then we have three losers to go through. We're going to do that all here in the second half. Let's get things rolling. Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith, I put them together. Now, together even does not even come close to having statistics or stuff that you see on a stat sheet or a box score that would make you think, well, these guys deserve to be there. But what I want to emphasize here is them being two-thirds of the pass-rushing trio for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we know T.J. Watt inflicted some major damage on the Buffalo Bills offense, but the fact that Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith, Alex Highsmith, by the way, who missed practice early in the week, was questionable as of Friday, and then Saturday they say that he's not questionable anymore, he's going to play with a groin injury. So with Highsmith and Ingram both healthy, They didn't have to, and they being the Steelers, they did not have to go out there and throw T.J. Watt out there and say, you're playing 75% of the snaps. No, instead they said, hey, we can break this thing up. Let's say T.J. Watt gets a break, Ingram and Highsmith are in. Ingram needs a break, Watt and Highsmith. Highsmith needs a break, Watt and Ingram. You see where I'm going with this. Without Ingram and Highsmith, who both had tremendous games, I thought both were held often. I can't – that sounds like I'm being a little whiny baby – But if you watch the game, the Steelers' pass rushers were held so much in this game, and they just didn't throw the flag. And they threw a lot of flags on them too, by the way. But still, Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith. You know, Michael Beck put this out on Twitter, and it's a really good question, and said, is this the best trio of pass rushers the Steelers have seen in the modern era? And I I would be hard-pressed. If they can continue this, I would be hard-pressed to disagree that this isn't the best that we've seen. And that says a lot. That says a lot. All right, let's go to the next winner. Deontay Johnson, stat line, five catches, 36 yards, one incredible touchdown, 10 whopping targets, though. 10 targets. He was targeted 10 times by Ben Roethlisberger. The second person on the list in terms of targets was Juju Smith-Schuster with eight. Deontay Johnson targeted 10 times, five catches, 36 yards, one. I, let's, I just want to talk about the touchdown. This was a game last year, if you rewind the tape, go back to 2020. It was the Buffalo game where Deontay Johnson, on the very first drive, he dropped a really easy catch, and it kind of just snowballed from there. You just saw all these things happening where he, it just seemed like he was losing his confidence. He wasn't sure what to do. Nonetheless, he comes back, and I thought he had a great game. He did leave injured at one point, came back into the game, but the touchdown catch, what a catch. The ball is tipped by the Buffalo Bills defensive back who's guarding him. I'm not sure who it was. He ends up not only just coming down with it, but getting two feet into the end zone, a tremendous touchdown. It was the play that they needed. 
it was obvious at times that Roethlisberger was not going to be able to just throw the team on his back like we've seen him do so many times before in his career. He's going to need some help. And in this case, that was the play that Roethlisberger needed. You saw Chase Claypool have one of those plays later on. Juju Smith-Schuster had a couple of those plays. These are the plays they're going to have to make for number seven at this stage of his career, at least early in the season. So good job by Deontay Johnson. He didn't drop a pass, in my opinion, in this game, and he had the bit one of the biggest offensive plays for the Steelers in that touchdown reception. All right, let's go to another duo. I already said Highsmith and Ingram. This time I'm going with Miles Killebrew and Ulysses Gilbert III. Why? Miles Killebrew comes up the middle on a punt block, gets his hand to the ball, and boy, is this guy a special teamer. I mean, he's he came from Detroit, Terrell Austin, they had a connection there. Uh, but Miles Killebrew was known for his special teams play. Watch the play again. If you go to the game recap, I have that video embedded into the article. Watch the play again. And you'll see as he approaches the punter, he knows exactly what to do. Go to the side, put your arms out, don't hit the punter. You don't want to run into the kicker and give them a free set of downs. He does it perfectly. You know, it was a big mix-up on the Buffalo front, but still, he gets a ball, he knocks it down. It was uh, UG3, Ulysses Gilbert III, that scoops it up and scores. And what a change in dynamic. A little story about that. So I'm watching the game, it's just myself, my son's there. My, my, we have an old dog. He's like 16 or 17 years old. And he's up and around moving, and I said, Will, my son, do you mind taking the dog out? And he said, sure. So he's coming back into the house, and all of a sudden you hear the door, like something something metal's hitting the ground. Now the Steelers get a sack. It's exciting. I'm pumped up. I'm like, what, what was that sound? So I go over thinking that the Buffalo Bills are going to punt. I'm not going to miss much. I would be back. But all of a sudden I come back to the t- TV only like a minute later, and I see the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are celebrating a touchdown. I missed it. I had to rewind it, watch the punt block, Shame on me is what what you should say. Shame on me, but nonetheless, all is well with the world. Congratulations to Killebrew and Gilbert for being on the winner's list. The last two almost had mirror stat lines, both defenders, shocker. Devin Bush is first. Stat line, 10 tackles, 6 solo, tied for a team lead in tackles. It was Devin Bush that had the green dot on his helmet. It was Devin Bush that never left the field when they went to sub packages. All this talk when Joe Schobert was acquired was, oh my gosh, Devin Bush, is he not healthy? Oh my gosh, Devin Bush's Twitter. Oh my gosh, Devin Bush's knee. Is he not ready? Is he not good? Does he, did he lose a step? Devin Bush looked great. I thought he looked tremendous. He, he was all over the field. He was communicating, getting people in position. Devin Bush looked the part. And I think this was a huge step for him in his recovery. Getting the knee healthy is different than trusting your knee in a game situation. Talk to anyone that has had a significant injury. I don't care if you tore your rotator cuff or if you had a torn ACL yourself. You will be physically ready to just do your everyday activities but what about when you go and do whatever you did when you hurt that knee again? So let me give an example. My sister-in-law, she tore her ACL while she was skiing. This was years ago. Now, she rehabbed the knee. It was healthy. She was all good to go. She's not a professional athlete. She, I don't think she's gone skiing since, to be honest with you. She doesn't want to put herself back in that situation. I get it. However, Devin Bush, he is a professional football player. So yes, Devin Bush goes and says, well... I'm going to kind of be hesitant the first few times I'm out there. I need to trust my knee's going to hold up. Well, that's what the preseason was for. He looks like he trusts it now, and that is a huge, 
huge statement for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense moving forward. If they can have a healthy Devin Bush, this defense is tenfold better than last year. And everyone wants to bring up last year's game with the Buffalo Bills, by the way. Just think about this. Last season, you know who the inside linebacker duo was? It was a combination of Avery Williamson, Marcus Allen, and Ulysses Gilbert III as your starters in Buffalo in primetime against Josh Allen in that offense. Now you have Devin Bush and Joe Schobert. You saw the result. Much better. Much better. So Devin Bush, definitely a winner. Last winner, Minka Fitzpatrick. 10 tackles, 6 solo, and a pass defense. And there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, that are going to spring up. Oh, Minka Fitzpatrick got put on skates by a quarterback, Josh Allen. Yes, Josh Allen did scramble. Yes, Minka Fitzpatrick did miss. He took a bad angle. He definitely bit on a fake. But you know what? I can't defend, or I, I, I'm sorry, I can't put a ton of blame on defenders when a quarterback leaves the pocket, not when all the protections are there for the quarterback. Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm sure, would love nothing more than to be able to run right through Josh Allen, but he also doesn't want to get flagged. He doesn't want to give them a you know, a new set of downs, and he probably doesn't want to get ejected if they deem that he was targeting or something like that. Nonetheless, Minka Fitzpatrick was all over the field. He was not in his typical, I'm just going to play deep safety, and I'm just going to be back here roaming around. They moved him around, folks. If you've been waiting for that, go back and watch this game again. You will see Minka Fitzpatrick all over in the slot, playing the nickel, playing the dime, deep safety. He's doing it all. And I love the TJ Watt after the game. He was quoted when he said that there was a play where he was supposed to stay on the outside of the tackle, and he didn't. He went inside, and Minka Fitzpatrick came up, and I, I think I tweeted this. He looked like a, he was shot out of a gun. Just flying up there and makes a great tackle. Stops, uh, I believe it was Singletary, just shy of the first down marker. And the fourth down play that they run was the play that Cam Sutton blew up. Minka Fitzpatrick makes that play. If he doesn't, everything else changes. Minka Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, deserves to be on the winner's list. Let's go to losers. Now, you understand, a lot of people might be like, okay, Jeff, you got to put Ben Roethlisberger on there. I, I didn't. I didn't have him on the winner's list or the loser's list. I, I felt that Ben, just like Najee Harris, like Najee Harris was a player that I thought he looked like a rookie. He made some mistakes, and he made some plays, but it all stemmed from the one offensive grouping that I'm putting on this loser's list is the offensive line. The Steelers had 177 yards passing. They they did surrender two sacks. Set only 75 yards rushing for a 3.6-yard average. It, it, the Steelers offensively struggled because of their offensive line. Everyone said, where's the play action? How are you going to play action pass if you can't protect the quarterback? Why is Ben in shotgun so much? Because he needs to be in shotgun so he doesn't get sacked. Go back and watch the first half. The Buffalo Bills are daring the Steelers to push the ball down the field. And it wasn't until Ben started just throwing up some 50-50 balls to guys like Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and even Juju Smith-Schuster It wasn't until they connected on a few of those that the defense started to soften. This is what defenses are going to do to the Pittsburgh Steelers until, A, the offensive line gets it together and starts to run the football, or, B, they start to pass protect well enough that they can actually let Ben drop back, set his feet, and deliver passes over the middle. Everyone said, where's the passes to the tight ends? You all don't understand. He couldn't even get a four-step drop without someone directly in his face. The offensive line needs to be better. I did not expect them to come out and looking looking like they were even last year's offensive line. 
There are going to be struggles. Dan Moore Jr., rookie left tackle, looked like a turnstile in the first half. Whatever adjustments they made or help they gave him, he was better in the second half. Chooks Okorafor looked pretty soft in the first half, definitely got it together in the second half. They started to use more tight ends. The offensive line is going to be a work in progress. I'm not expecting perfection. I want to see them get better in week two. If they continue that trend, they'll be just fine when the playoffs roll around. Next Loser is the red zone offense stat line one for three in the red zone. I talked about this on Friday. The areas the Steelers had to improve upon to actually win this game, I said they had to convert on in the red zone and on third downs. And it should go to a surprise at no one that the red zone offense is on this losers list. One for three. And especially when they had that drive, they get down inside the five. And Ben Roethlisberger hits Najee Harris on a little crosser on third down. Najee would have had to really shake free from the linebackers, a good tackle, and he gets stopped. And a lot of people wanted the Steelers to go for it, and they didn't. They kicked a field goal. It ended up working out, but the red zone offense has to be better. Has to be better. And last is the other situation I talked about on Friday, third down offense. The Steelers were 4 for 12 on third downs. It's just not good enough, folks. It's just not good enough. But again, I didn't have high expectations for this offense coming into this game. I know I predicted 27 points, and that's a lot. But at the same time, I th- I never well, I never predicted thought 54 yards of offense in the first half either. So keep that in mind. But still, they have to clean it up. There's a lot of room for improvement. Win and move on. Uh, any means necessary. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. The winners. Let's go over them again. Cam Sutton, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward. Trey Norwood, Melvin Ingram, and Alex Highsmith, Deontay Johnson, Miles Killebrew, and Ulysses Gilbert III, Devin Bush, and Minka Fitzpatrick, the losers, the offensive line, the red zone offense, and third down offense. You want to nitpick this and, and have 15 losers? Have at it. That's my list. You want to disagree with me? That's fine. Go to the article. It's going to publish at 10 a.m. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Monday, and you can, by all means, head to the comment section and tell me I'm an idiot and don't know anything. Won't be the first time. Won't be the last That's what makes this community great. That's what makes the Steelers fan base great. All right, folks, that does it for me. I will be back on Wednesday. We'll have a mailbag segment talking more about this game as well as the upcoming game against the Raiders. And I'm excited. The Steelers are 1-0. You should be excited, too. Wear your Steelers gear with pride, especially if you live in New York. All around those Buffalo fans, tell them, hey, y'all were so arrogant, but now you're 0-1. Maybe the Steelers will play them again. We'll see. In the meantime, undefeated. That's right. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.